morning, good morning, good morning. And to everyone that's joining us online right now or continue to join us online, thank you for tuning in with us this morning. We are in week four of our faith school series, week four of faith school. And last week we talked about I am, I am fully persuaded. And there was three areas that we were fully persuaded in. We were fully persuaded. Y'all remember the first one? In the tithe and our finances, that God, we we're fully persuaded that God wants to bless us in the area of our finances. The second one is we're fully persuaded that God wants to heal and deliver us from any sickness, any bondage, addiction. God, it is his will for us to be free and delivered and healed. And the third one was we are fully persuaded that God has a purpose and a plan for our life. And you have to be fully persuaded in that because the enemy will try to lie to you every step of the way and tell you God doesn't have a plan for you. There is no purpose for your life. And we know the enemy is a liar and the father of lies. And we don't listen to him that we in faith school because we stand in on faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. And today I'm excited about the word today. Uh, today, if you're taking notes, the title of the message is How Faith Comes. How Faith Comes. Come. So if you're just tuning in with us again online, you can download our app. We have all the notes available on our app, but you can follow along. You can go back. And also on Mondays, we have the audio version of the, the, the sermon is available as well on our app. You can download it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can even go online on the website to listen to it as well. But we do have that available for you. And all the messages, you can go back and listen to all of them, look at all the notes. We have that available for you. But let's just open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to go right on in. Holy Spirit, we thank you today for your presence. I thank you that there's so many things that we could be doing right now, but, Lord, we made a conscious decision to be followers of you and to pursue you. And I pray that you meet us right where we are. Some of us, Lord, we need answers immediately for difficult situations that we face. I thank you today for answers for solutions, Lord God, for wisdom from above, to give us exactly what it is that we need, Lord God, for today. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts to receive you, to hear from you today in a fresh way. Give me an anointing to preach your word with boldness and with clarity, and for the hearer to hear with an anointing as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How faith comes. So today we're talking about how faith comes, and before we get into it, I want to read uh, a passage of scripture from Romans chapter 10, verse 13, starting in verse 13. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him and to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him? unless someone tells them. Verse 15, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. Not everyone welcomes the good news? I thought everyone welcomes the good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed your message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So how does faith come? When we're talking about faith, it says at the beginning of that, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be what? 
they shall be saved. If you're not going to call on the name of the Lord to be saved unless you believe he is the son of God. So first, faith comes by believing. Faith, it first comes by believing. You're not going to call on the name of the Lord unless you believe he is the son of God and that he can wipe away the stain of your sin, that he can heal you, all those things. If you don't believe that God can deliver you, you're not going to call on his name to be saved. So the first step is that, is that you have to believe in something. Faith comes by believing. That's the first step of faith is faith comes by believing. You first have to believe in something to have faith in something. When I go outside today and crank my car when I leave, I have faith that it's going to crank. I'm not hoping. I'm believing. It's going to crank. And when I drive home, I'll be safe. And it's going to be warm. But in order to have faith, you have to first believe in something. And I love how that it says, and how will anyone, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go unless, how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? To me, this speaks of specifically about a spiritual ministry gift or a spiritual ministry, that this is not something that is for everyone. A spiritual ministry is something you can't call yourself to. It says, how can they go unless someone was sent? You have to be sent by God for a spiritual ministry. And the good news of Jesus Christ is being spread all over the world by those that were being called and sent by God. And we praise God for those because how will anyone know in the unreached people groups of the world if no one was sent? We praise God for missionaries that are called. Man, it is a calling to be sent to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. That's not something that you just wake up and say, oh, I want to be a missionary. Oh, I want to be a pastor. Trust me, I did not call myself to be a pastor. If it was up to me, I would have called myself to be a baseball player. That's what I would have called myself to be. But God had different plans. And when there's a calling on your life, there's a surrender. And so it's very careful that when we read scriptures like this, it says, and how can they hear about someone unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go with them without being, and how can someone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Because it is a calling. And not everyone is called to that ministry. But guess what we all are called to do? We're all called to share our experiences of the truth about how the truth has changed us. That's what we're all called to do. We're all called to share in our experiences about how God has changed us. When I believed in Jesus, my life changed, y'all. Guess what? You're qualified to go do that. You don't have to be called to do that. We're all called to do that. That's a calling for all believers to go and tell everyone about the good news of Jesus Christ. But a, spirit, a specific uh, calling from God and ministry, that's a little bit different. But just to go a little bit further, I bring this up because we're going to read it a little bit later on. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we're going to read it a little bit later on where it talks about the anointed word of God. Change comes with the anointed word of God is being preached. Nothing changes you like the anointed word of God. There's a lot of words that could be preached. There's a lot of thoughts and comments that can come across the pulpit, but nothing changes you and matures you like the anointed word of God. And that's how faith comes. Faith comes by the anointed word of God, by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you hear those things, it changes the inside of you. It starts to mess with you. You think you're doing good, and then you're like, oh, God, you're messing with me again. 
and it challenges you. And you're like, oh, I thought I had that area all figured out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It just gets, it starts to mess with What is that? That's the anointed word of God. And faith comes by hearing the anointed word of God. So this is the first point. You can write this down. Faith comes by hearing the word or the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the first one. I'm going to give you three points today on how faith comes. That's the first one. Faith comes by hearing the word or the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is an anointing on the speaker to preach the gospel. And when there's anointing in the house on the pastor, whatever church that is, to preach the anointed word of God, guess what? The church matures. The church begins to grow. And, and I know you say, well, what is New Life Church all about? I'm telling you, this is what we're all about, to, to preach the anointed word of God that challenges you to grow and to mature. Because I don't want you to go year after year, month after month, week after week, being the same. I don't want you to be the same spiritually you were this week that you were last week. I want to challenge you to continue to grow. But it only grows and that change only happens by the anointed word of God. So that is a, why it's such a high calling that says that you have to be called to, to the office of a spiritual ministry because the anointing, it, costs, it comes with a price. It's not something that you could just, I could just take lightly and say, I'm just going to come up here and I'm going to just throw together, to go to get, throw together a few notes and I think that'll be good for the church. No, 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 no. God is looking at me and saying, no, it's, it's, it's a high calling that I've called you to and I need you to preach with the anointing. So there's certain things that when I walk away from this sanctuary, I can't allow myself to partake in because the anointing comes, the more anointed you are, it comes from the sanctification and the pursuing of, the, of, of holiness. And the more sanctified you come, the anointing on your life becomes even stronger. You know what it comes stronger on? For you to hear the word of God. Not only for, those, for me to preach, but for you to hear. And when you sanctify yourself and you pursue holiness, guess what? There's anointing that comes on you to hear the word of God that quickens on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit that challenges you and causes you to grow at an expedited rate. Did you know that? But if you did, now you do. There's anointing on you to hear. So it's an anointing on the speaker and it's also anointing on the hearer for the word of God. And that is what changes and challenges you to grow. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, that's what's quickening you. It's the anointing on you to hear the word, uh, to hear the word of God. Amen. You know, our faith comes in measures. We all have a measure of God's faith. The same power that God had, the same faith that God had when he created the heavens and the earth, we have a same measure of that faith. And as we grow into that, guess what? It continues to grow. But how does it grow? By continually hearing the anointed word of God. And as we continue to hear the anointed word of God, it changes us on the inside. It changes us because God's word affects his surroundings. God's word affects his surroundings. Before anything was ever created, he had the thought, hmm, I want to create the sky. And he thought it, then he spoke it, then it came into existence. So when God's word speaks, it changes his surroundings. So Christians, we have to do a better job of adapting that same principle and that same faith that God has that we say, when we speak words, it's going to change our surroundings as well. So my words, when I speak them by faith, guess what? My words are going to change my surroundings around me. So my circumstances, guess what? They're going to change because of my words are going to affect the things around me. But we have to receive those things by what? And we have to speak them by what? By faith. When you speak them by faith, guess what? And you know that that same power that Christ spoke 
That the same power that God spoke to create the heavens and the earth, the same power that God spoke to create the heaven, the, the, the suns and the stars and the land and everything that we see, I have a measure of that same faith. And when I speak words, I can change my surroundings too. Guess what? You change the way you talk. Everything you say will be different because you realize my words have great power and it comes from reading the, the, and hearing the anointed word of God. But many Christians, they hadn't grasped that. They're just waiting on God to just do, be God and just change things in their surroundings. But God is like, no, you have the power, you have the authority to speak things to change your surroundings. But not a lot of Christians grasp that concept. We're just sitting around praying to God. God, pray, I pray to God, God, give me more faith. God, but the scriptures never say pray for more faith. The scripture says that faith comes by hearing. So the more that you hear the anointed word of God, guess what you get more of? faith. So the more words you get inside of you, the more faith you have. The more faith you have, the more you'll be confident enough to speak out to change your surroundings. Y'all getting this watching online? That's why the word of God is so important. That's why pretty much every message we'll ever preach here, we always say you need to read your Bible. Why is that? Because the more you get in the word of God, it builds your faith. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. It comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. And when you realize that, that faith comes by hearing, like I said, it changes things. It changes things. And not only the hearing things, but the anointed word of God. You know, the enemy has done a great job of confusing Christians about what the anointing is. I'll give you an example. If I were to get Beyonce or any other talented singer to come up here and sing Amazing Grace, the majority of the world, after they would finish singing, you know what the first thing they would say? They're so anointed. She's so anointed. That's, that's not anointing. That's a gift and a talent. What you're amazed by is the gift and the talent. That's not anointing. Anointing is the only thing that can change you. Anointing is the only thing that can mature you. The anointing is the only thing that the word says that breaks the yoke of the enemy. And the enemy knows that, so he'll try to get you fascinated with gifts and talents because he know when he, gave, when he got shot out of heaven, the thing that he lost was his anointing. That's what he lost. He lost his anointing. So he knows, now I can no longer have things that can cause people to change in a good way, so I'll get them to change in a bad way to follow me. But the word says that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of the enemy. And the enemy will do everything that he can to cause you to think that things are the anointing that are really not. So people are following things that they, oh, they're so, ta ta it's really gifts and talent that they're following that they're confusing with the anointing. But you know the anointing because the anointing convicts you. The anointing challenges you. It, 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 it causes you to grow and to mature. That's the anointing, not gifts and talents. Gifts and talents don't change anything. You could be mesmerized by them. You could be floored by them, but it doesn't change you. Have you ever heard a, a, a message before that you're like, man, that was a good message, but then it didn't really do anything for you? Like, if you really think about it, it didn't challenge you. It didn't challenge you. You didn't grow from it. It just kind of encouraged you. It's just like I could pick a whole bunch of topics in here to talk about on Sundays to make you feel good about yourself. But as sooner or later, you go like, man, I'm sure not getting fed. It's like my spirit show isn't, I'm not growing, like. I mean, it's the, it sounds good, but it, what is it? There's no anointing. But when there's anointing there, everything changes. It's the anointed word of God that we need. And when you become more sensitive to it, guess what? 
you'll pick up on it that quick, and you'll be able to discern, that's the Spirit of God, that is not. You know what? That bears witness with me, that does not. I don't know what that is, but that's not the anointing. That's not God. And the more sensitive you become, and the more you hear the anointed word of God, it bears witness with you, and problems that you would have will become easily solved because you can tap into the Spirit at any moment because you've heard the anointed word of God. What also I realize about the anointed word of God is this, is that God will send you to church to hear a word that you don't even know you need to speak to situations that you're walking through right now. You can hear one word in a message that's preached on a Sunday, that's cut, that, that, an anointed word that could change your whole life around just by one word. And it could be something that I have no idea what you're walking through, but God does. And he can direct you to the place that you need to go to hear what you need to hear to change your situation around, all because he cares about the anointed word of God. It's the anointed word of God, y'all. How does faith come? By hearing the gospel of Jesus, the anointed word of God. And the more that you're in those environments where the anointed word of God is preached, I'm telling you, something changes. I'm reminded of a time I went on. We used to have these youth conferences back in the day that were huge. And it was three-day conferences. And I remember this one particular that on the, it was just such a, an anointing on every speaker that spoke. But it was also on me, too, because I was hungry to receive. Again, it's not just on the speaker. It's for the hearer as well. You're the hearer. We're the hearer. And in this case, I was the hearer, and I was so hungry for God to touch me that I remember days after that conference was over, I could still feel the presence of God on me so strong that I would begin to walk in stores, and people would just come up to me, and I'd just start witnessing to them out of the blue. Like, that never happened to me before. And, but I realized that, that that feeling that I had, it only sustained for so long because of my sanctification. The more sanctified I became, the more I pursued holiness, then guess what? Those moments, they last a little bit longer. But the less sanctified I was, the less I started pursuing holiness, I could experience it in that moment, and then it would immediately go away. Why is that? Because my, I wasn't sanctified enough to hold the anointing. So that's why you have to pursue holiness with the anointing, because your sanctification, the level of your sanctification will determine the level of your holiness. You have to make sure that I'm pursuing sanctification and holiness at the same time if you want to hold on to the anointing that God has for you and if you want more of it. So that's why you can't partake in everything that everyone else does because there's an anointing on your life. And when there's an anointing on your life, you realize, hey, hey, you know what? That might be good for you, but I can't do that. And that's not being rude. That's not looking down on people. That's just saying I value what the Holy Spirit has done in my heart. I value that work. I value the anointing, so there's certain things I just can't partake in because I don't want to stifle the Holy Spirit. The one thing that messed up David, he got his eyes distracted one time on the rooftop watching Bathsheba take a bath. The anointing was gone just like that, but what did he do? When he realized it was gone, boy, he wept and he cried, God, please don't take your presence away from me because he realized I am nothing without the anointing of God. None of us are without the anointing of God, and we have to cherish that with everything that we have. Amen? Amen. Amen. So how does faith come? The first thing is, is by hearing the anointed word of God, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the first thing. Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, in fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. 
and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So this is the second point of how faith comes. The second part of how faith comes is this. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. We just read that. For it is believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So faith comes by believing in your heart, not in your head. And we live in a society now that puts a high ranking on education, and I'm all for it. I'm all for education. I'm all for bettering yourself, for educating yourself, becoming more uh, well-rounded in different areas. You should educate yourself. You should always want to learn and grow. You should never stop learning and growing. But when there's a more emphasis on education than it is faith, then that becomes a problem. Because you could get so educated or so uh, book smart that faith begins to, you begin to trivialize faith. And you begin to diminish faith and you begin to reason with faith. Well, that doesn't make sense. Can you please explain to me how a, a virgin girl could birth a son? Well, guess what? In my mind, I don't understand it at all. But guess what? In my heart, I believe. It's like I believe quickly in my heart. In my mind, no, it does not. It, it defies the laws of gravity. Not gravity, but it defies the laws of nature. It defies the laws of science, but it doesn't matter But because when it comes to faith, it doesn't matter what you think or see. It matters what you believe in your heart. So faith comes by the heart, not the head, because you could get in your head so much and you could get so messed up. I don't know how God's going to work this out. Well, that's because you're in your head and not in your heart. You believe with your heart, not your head. And I heard something this week that was so freeing. It was so freeing to me. I heard uh, a pastor, as a matter of fact, it was Keith Moore. He said this. He said that faith can still work or faith can still work in your heart even when there's doubt in your head. Why is that? What, you remember when Jesus was approaching the man and he was talking about his son, he says, yes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Did his son get healed? He got healed. Did he have unbelief? Yes. But why did he believe or was his son healed? Because he believed in his heart. In his heart, he believed. In his head, he still had doubt. But faith comes by the heart, not by the head. But what you have to realize is you can't give in to the doubt in your head, though. Because if you give in to the doubt in your head, guess what? It's going to mess with your heart. It's going to mess with your heart. So you can't give in to the doubt in your head. You have to make sure that my faith is solid. I believe in my heart. Even though my mind is not there yet, God, help my unbelief. But my heart, it believes. Oh, my heart, it believes, God. I believe your word at what it says. I believe that it's true. I hold fast to it, and I believe in my heart. So, mine, I command you to align with my heart. I don't give in to my head. Because you get in your head, you're going to talk yourself out of it, and it's going to mess with your heart. I'm, I, how do I know? Because I've been there myself. <laughs> A lot of times that I had to go back and say, God, I just finally surrendered my mind. Renew my mind because my mind is getting in the way. You know, you could be standing in faith for something so strong, and then that old enemy come in your mind and get you to doubt and believing. Well, you could, God can, can, can come in and provide for you a hundred times, but on the hundred and first time, the enemy come in, I don't know how he's going to do it this time. Oh, you going under this? He's done it a hundred times. He'll do it again. But you got to believe it in your heart. And the reason that it comes from the heart and not the head is because our natural state, we always look on the outer appearance. Think about when you meet someone for the first time. 
The only thing you can go by is the way they're dressed and the way that they talk. And so we form opinions and we form conclusions on people by the way they dress and the way they talk. You can hear two, three words from them and say, oh, they're not smart. What is that? That's intellect. God doesn't look at that. God looks at the heart. And I'm reminded of when the, the prophet Samuel came to Jesse and he came to anoint one of his sons as kings. He lined all of his sons up and they were looking at all of them on the outward appearance and like, surely this is one. And, and Samuel said, no, that's not, it's not any of these. Do you have any more sons? And it was young David in the fields that Samuel called over and said, this is the one. What was, Samuel, what was David in the fields doing? He was purging himself. He was drawing closer to God. He was worshiping God. It says when the lambs or the sheep were being uh, in the mouth of a lion and a bear, he would go out there and he would return it. So he was out there worshiping God, having communion with God, sacrificing for God, paying the price for God. You know, the anointing comes with the price. David was out there paying a price for the anointing that was coming upon his life to be anointed as king. But the, everybody else was looking at the outer appearance. God was looking at David's heart. And he says, I'm not looking at these outer measures. You are. I'm looking at the heart. And we have to train ourselves and, and to renew our minds to not look at people's outward appearance, but look at their heart. What's going on with the heart? You know, you can tell a person the faith just by how they speak. Just by what comes out of their heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at your intellect. He does, it's good to educate yourself, but God looks at your heart. Because believing comes from where? Your heart. It comes from heart. What you believe in your heart will come out of your mouth. If you believe that God doesn't have a plan for you or purpose for you, guess what? It'll come out in your speech. If you believe that God is going to do awesome things for you in your heart, guess what? It's going to come out in your speech. If you have faith, faith to believe that God can heal you, it's going to come out in your speech. If you have faith that you don't believe that God, if you don't have faith to believe, it's going to come out in your speech in negativity. Well, I'm still battling this. I'm still going through. What is that? that that's your heart talking. There's no faith in your heart. It's easy to identify people that don't have faith in their heart by their talk. It's easy. As soon as they open up, their, no faith. No faith because their speech Whatever is your heart, that's what you believe. It will come out of your mouth. So faith, how does faith come? It comes from your heart, not your head. That's the second thing. It comes from the heart, not the head. This is the third and final one. How does faith come? Don't say God said when he didn't. Don't say God said, and I'm going to explain it, when he didn't. Ezekiel, I want to read this passage of scripture. You know, the word is so good, it makes everything so clear. It clears it right up. Ezekiel chapter 13. It says, instead, they have told lies and made false predictions. What? Who said that? <laughs> Who told lies and false predictions? They say this message is from the Lord, even though the Lord never sent them. And yet they expect him for, to fulfill their prophecies. Can your visions be anything but false if you claim this message is from the Lord when I have not even spoken to you? What is this saying? This is pretty much saying, don't say God said something when he didn't. That's not how you receive faith. Faith does not come. This is one way faith doesn't come, is by saying God said something when he didn't. But boy, can we say God said when God didn't say anything. God, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. People scoff at the notion that God can speak to us. Did you know that? They scoff. 
What do you mean God spoke to you? What do you mean God talks to you? Exactly what I said. I was studying in my Bible, or I was praying to God, or I was just along in my day, and God spoke something to me in my heart. Is that real? Yes. But people scoff at that. Why do they scoff at that? Because they don't believe in their heart. When you don't believe in your heart, it could be hard to imagine, well, how can a God that you don't know, don't know, you can't see, never saw, never touched, how can he speak to you? Because I believe in my heart. That he speaks, people scoff at that. But then on the other end of that, there's people that say God spoke to me when he didn't. Both are wrong. You can't scoff at people saying that God spoke to you. Then you can't say God said. But what I realize people say God said is when they want to get out of stuff. When they want to get out of stuff, they'll say, well, God spoke to me about this and, and this and that. And, and so I'm going to do this or I'm going to make this decision. We are all children of God. And by his spirit, he speaks things to us. He can give us wisdom and insight on all things if we have faith to believe and receive it. So what is that? When God speaks, that's how faith comes. It's when he speaks, you have to hold on to it. And you have to be obedient to move swiftly when he speaks. Because the enemy will come quickly and try to talk you out of it and say that that was not God at all. I've done it myself. God spoke clearly. I heard it from the Lord. But I didn't move. And I talked myself out of it. And I put myself in a cycle that God's word never changes. And I have to come back to what he already spoke. But you have to move swiftly. You have to be obedient to God's voice when he does speak. And people always say, just stand on the word of God. Stand on the word. I mean, it sounds good and people mean well, but the Bible is a big book. What am I supposed to stand on? Where do I go? Well, my suggestion would be you study the scriptures for whatever it is that you're believing for. Get you a scripture. Ask God to speak to you. Stand on that word. That's why when every situation that you walk through of difficulty or, or just something that you believe in God for, have you a scripture that you can stand on? Don't just say stand on the word. That's good. What word? What, what word is it? I know some pastors, they won't even pray for you. What word? I need you to pray for me. What, what scripture are you standing on? I, I don't have one. Well, you need to go get you a scripture, and then you pray. That. Sometimes you realize you start praying scriptures of yourself. You don't need anyone else to pray for you because it'll come to pass. Why? Because you're standing on the word. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? When he say, now standing on the word means a little bit different to you now than just standing on the word. That's a blanket statement. Well, what does that mean? Get you a specific scripture for whatever it is that you're walking through and say, this is my faith confession. This is the word of God that I'm holding on to. And when you do that, faith comes when God speaks. It comes when God speaks. Everything that you hear should align with the written word of God. We are God's sheep, and his sheep said, and the word says that his sheep hear his voice. If we keep our ears filled with his word, we will know it's God's word when we hear it, and we can discern when it's not. So it could be easily be fooled into thinking, well, I don't know if this is God or not if you hadn't been in his word. But the more you get in his word and you hear his voice, you'll realize and be able to discern this is God, this is not. This is God, that's the law, that's the enemy. And you become a master at discerning by hearing God's voice. But don't say God said when he didn't. Don't say that. It's just like this. I'll give you a good example of this. It's like you could go and you could say, Pastor Mario's coming to my house, and he's going to cut my grass. Ooh, I'm just waiting. I'm believing that Pastor Mario's going to come to my house, and he's going to cut my grass. What only problem with that is, well, did I tell you that? Did, did, it, did those words come out of my mouth? 
Because what you're doing is you're standing on a presumption. You just presume that I would come and cut your grass, even though I never said that I did. So what does that mean? How does that make sense to us? Some people say, well, I'm going to stop taking my medication because God's going to heal me. I'm going to stop doing this because God's going to. So, well, did God directly speak that to you? No. People get all, and, and they stop taking their medications and stop doing stuff saying that God was going to do this. But did God speak to you to do that? And if he didn't, don't do it. Keep taking your medicine. You need it. <laughs> But people do foolish things like that all the time, just saying, oh, I'm going to do this because but you just presume it. But did God speak that? Don't walk, walk on something if God didn't speak it. That's why the scripture is so important and it comes by faith. Yes, I can stand on faith, but I have to have, to have a basis to stand on. The basis is the word of God. So if I stand on the basis of the word of God and then God quickens it in my spirit, guess what? I have something to stand on. Now I have a firm foundation. So now if God spoke to me and said, I'm going to heal you, guess what? I believe I'm going to be healed. And guess what? Now I have a basis. I have a foundation. I'm not just going on a presumption that, well, I think God can do it. Well, yes, he can. But, but if I don't have faith or something to stand on, I'm just presuming and, 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 and it's assuming things. But that's what a lot of Christians do. They just automatically assume and presume that God is going to do things that he's never even spoken. And then they get frustrated and mad at God in the process. Well, God, you promised this. Well, did God really promise that? Or is that just something that you wanted him to do? And we have to ask to, to, to examine our hearts and say, am I really standing on the word of God? Or I'm just presuming and assuming that God is going to do stuff. But we need a basis. We need a foundation. That's the word of God. And when he speaks to us clearly, faith comes. Faith comes when he speaks to us clearly. Don't assume, don't presume, don't lie on God. Don't say God said when he didn't. We just read it in the scriptures. That's not Pastor Mario. That's the word of God. Don't lie on God. That's the worst thing you can do is lie on God. God said, no, 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 no. Don't ever say God said if he didn't. If he didn't say it, don't you say God said. Say I said. I said this. God didn't say it, but this is what I believe. Do you, you're better off saying that than saying God said. But don't mention that. But faith, it comes from hearing the word of God, the anointed word of God. When you hear it, it quickens on the inside of you. It causes you to change. It matures you. It challenges you to grow. Faith comes, by, comes from the heart, not the head. So remember, it, you, it, faith comes by believing uh, in your heart, not necessarily your head. And don't say God said when he didn't. But when he does speak, move quickly. Be obedient. Move quickly when he does speak. And those are the three ways that faith comes. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Man, I know that was a simple word, but it's a powerful word. that could, It can really change your heart. And I just believe that the presence of God is here, and he's moving, and he's speaking to hearts. And I'm just going to ask everyone just to close their head, come in, sorry, close their eyes and bow their head, and I just want to give an invitation for those that online or in a, in a building that, man, you've been hearing us talk about faith, and it says that salvation comes from hearing the name of the Lord or calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. And some of you, you may say, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to come in a relationship with him this morning. Well, I want to give you an invitation right now to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It is his will for you to be saved. 
That is his greatest will, is for you to be saved, to be in right relationship with him. And I know the world has beat you up and tore you down, and you walked through a lot of difficulties and heartaches. And maybe at one point or another, you said, I tried to follow God, but it didn't work. Why would you say, did you, did you really try to follow God, or did, did it try you? Did the trial try you, and the trial won? But when we surrender to God, it is just that. It's a surrender. It's a releasing, a letting go of our life to say, God, I'll let go of control of my life, and I give you my life. I give you free control of every area of my life. And I promise you, if you do that and you're consistent with that and pursuing the Lord, he will give you a life more fulfilling than you can ever imagine. But you have to surrender. And that's a decision you have to believe in your heart by faith. And I want to give you an invitation to receive him in your heart this morning. I'm going to ask everyone in the room and you watching online just to place your hand over your heart and if you want Jesus to come in your heart, I want you to, re- everyone, just to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment, this moment of clarity to surrender my life to you. I willingly lay down my life right now. And I thank you that you're coming into my heart, that you're giving me purpose, that you're giving me a hope in the future, that you have a plan for my life, And great are your thoughts towards me. Lord, I pray that you give me the strength and the determination to follow you all the days of my life. And to help me to discern the lies of the enemy. I love you, Lord. I promise to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. For those that made that decision, if you're watching online and you made the decision to follow Christ, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision. And if you're in the audience in the sanctuary today, there's a, um, a card that says, let's connect. On the back side of that, it says, I've made a decision. Fill that out. Drop it off in the offering bucket. We'd love to connect with you as well. But before we close and we pray for the offering, let's go over our confession today. It says, I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just a few announcements before we dismiss. Next Sunday is an important Sunday. If you're in the Mobile area, please make everything that you can possible to be in the building with us next Sunday because it's twofold. One, it starts the launch of our Revival Sundays. So starting next Sunday, 10 a.m., we're going to have a guest speaker from next Sunday to the end of February. So you want to make every plan that you can to be in the building starting next Sunday, 10 a.m. We're going to have a special guest speaker in the house, and it's also Baptism Sunday. So if you want to get baptized, you want to start off the new year in the right way, come email us at info at newlifemobile.org. We love to connect with you, love to baptize you. That's going to happen next Sunday, 10 a.m. Revival Sunday, Baptism Sunday is happening next Sunday, 10 a.m. You don't want to miss that. Also, we'll have prayer this Wednesday at 6.30. Uh, We'll be in the sanctuary praying as well. But let's uh, pray for the offering, the tithe and the offering uh, for this week, and then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for the tithes and offerings that's coming to the storehouse today. I thank you that you're blessing each and every person that's a giver, Lord God, that you meet all of their needs. I thank you that you're blessing them in every area of their life, that there's no lack, that there's more than enough, Lord God, that's coming in. Bless your people as we give today, anointed and blessed in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us this Sunday. Again, Revival Sundays, Baptism Sundays, next Sunday, 10 a.m., be in the building. Don't make any excuses. Be here. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week.